Thanks for joining us for episode 69 of the Golden Blue Nation podcast presented by Print and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawFirm.com. Nick Farrell here to recap day two of Big 12 Football Media Days in Arlington, Texas. The unofficial kickoff to college football season is in the books, and Friday will mark 50 days until the season opener between West Virginia and Penn State. 50-year Mountaineer head coach Neil Brown is not a happy camper today, though. Guess he hasn't been all summer. He made that known Thursday during his Media Days press conference. And I guess, are you surprised, really? Can you really blame him? He's in an unenviable situation entering the 2023 season. He recognizes he's on the hot seat. And to make matters worse, his program is picked to finish dead last in the Big 12 for the first time in its history. And so the head coach of the Mountaineers was brief to the point, maybe a little bit fiery at the podium at AT&T Stadium Thursday. He says he doesn't like that his club is picked to finish last in the league, and he looks forward to proving everybody wrong. We'll take a listen to Coach Brown's comments at Big 12 Media Days right after this quick word from our sponsor. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Unexpected hurdle? Pritt and Spano. Unseen circumstance? Pritt and Spano. Personal injury, criminal law, flash wills, family law. You need a firm that will be with you through it all. Pritt and Spano. Their passionate team will employ their resources and unique perspectives to deliver the most effective representation. When you find yourself in need, turn to those who will fight for you. Pritt and Spano. West Virginia's lawyers. Find them at yourwvlawfirm.com. Good afternoon. Um, it is it is afternoon on the East Coast, and we've got a couple of East Coast members now, so appreciate that. Um, glad to be here, and and I'll say this at the front: appreciate what you all do as far as covering college football, and and making it one of the top, um, really sports, in, in that's that's out there. So I appreciate that. I'll start with this because I'm sure I'm going to uh, ask about it. Um, upset about the media poll. Uh, Definitely do not agree with that. Uh, the good thing, the positive is that the media has not been, uh, as far as predicting the Big 12, has not been very successful in recent years. So I think that's that uh, that bodes well for us. Um, but I'll say this in a, in a more serious note. I was sitting on the beach last week whenever uh, Mike Montoro, who's the best in the business, who's our uh, sports information director uh, for football, he, he sent me a text, and I made the mistake of looking at it. And, and from that point on, my vacation was over. So I went into football mode and, you know, this is, this is why I disagree. And this is why, uh, first of all, it starts with belief in our staff and belief in our players. And, and then how we finish will be the next thing. We beat Oklahoma, beat Oklahoma State on the road, winning two of our last three games. Offensively, this is going to be our best group. And then we have 132 starts returning on the offensive line. Well, 132. If that's not most in the country, it's got to be close. And within that group, we've got four former freshman All-Americans. We've got three, uh, for sure, all-conference-type players. Two of them are here today with us. Zach Frazier, who's a two-time All-American, and then Doug Nestor. Um, we have a budding superstar running back in C.J. Donaldson. And defensively, we're going to be one of the most improved units in the Big 12, if not in the country. And we have all-league-type players at each level. And those guys are here today. Sean Martin at defensive end. Lee Koba, who will be one of the leading tacklers in the conference this year at Mike Linebacker. And then Aubrey Burks, 
uh, at safety. And all three of those guys are here. And we've added talented experience in the secondary through the transfer portal. And so, and then returning in the, on special teams, we've got our kicker and our long, our, our punter and our long snapper, who, who are both two of the better ones in our league. And so, looking forward to proving proving everybody wrong on that on that front. And uh, we won't finish there. And so, with that, I'll I'll open it up for questions. Hey, Neil Colin Wilson with the Action Network. Uh, Chad Scott's been promoted to offensive coordinator. Last year, you were 50th in pace and tempo. With Garrett Green, C.J. Donaldson, is there going to be a slower tempo and more running this season? Well, I think running the football is going to be the strength of our offensive team. Um, but one emphasis on that is we've got to be more explosive in our pass game. And I think that's where we got to show some growth offensively is we ran the football at times very successfully last year. What we didn't do as good a job of is taking advantage of that run game with some explosive pass plays. And so as far as tempo is we want to be able to present ourselves playing fast all the time and then let the game dictate the tempo. But we practice at a really fast pace. We're going to have the ability to go as fast as anybody in the country, but also the game and the style of game that we need to play that day will dictate how fast we play. We'll go and sit a far left, four for up. Uh, Danny Davis, Austin, American Statesman. Um, Neil, I know you just learned a lesson about reading text messages on the beach, but <laughs> what has been the reaction from your players to the poll, and does this become a rallying cry for you guys, or do you just try to ignore it? No, I don't. I think we're past in this day and age with media information of being able to ignore anything. You know, I think your best your best opportunity is just confront it. We had a team meeting on Tuesday where we talked about it in detail, and in in a, probably in more colorful terms than I just did here. But a lot of the same, a lot of the same things that I said to our team, uh, I just repeated here in front of you all. And I have a strong belief. And what we spend a lot of time on is just talking about being better. Uh, we have a clear vision of what we have to improve on. You know, I think if you talk about offensively, we've got to get better efficiency-wise, especially on first down and in the red zone. Um, we got to be more explosive, and we got to eliminate errors. Defensively, is what we've got to do better, and is we've got to limit the explosive plays. You're not gonna, you're gonna give up some, especially in, in the league that we play in. You're gonna, we have to limit those explosive plays, and we've got to be able to create takeaways. You know, that that was our. The, the explosive plays and the lack of takeaways last year were the biggest negative effect on us defensively. And so we've been focused on ourselves, getting ourselves better. Um, this is something that's going to increase the, the size of the chip. The chip was already there on the shoulder. It, it just increases the size. And if you have a question, please make sure to raise your hand and we'll get a microphone holder to you. Now we'll go to the far left in the middle. Ian Boyd with Inside Texas. Um, in 2021, Baylor won the league with several experienced starters in the secondary and multiple NFL draft picks. Last year, Kansas State, same story. Do you believe that that's a necessary prerequisite for winning the league now? And how do you feel about West Virginia's secondary coming into the season? Well, I think each year's um, different, right? And I think being fortunate enough to be in this league, this is going to be my ninth season, either as a coordinator or as a head coach in this league, and to see the evolution and you know, one of those is this used to be you just outscore everybody and you win, right? Well, I think it's changed. The the defensive, the level of defensive coaching, the level of defensive players, uh, the emphasis on special teams has, has definitely changed. And as that um, has changed, the style of football has changed. Um, you got to be able to defend the pass. You know, if you go back and look at us, we played really good defense for three years. In 2020, we played great defense. 
but we played really good defense. And what we did a good job of is we gave up some completions, but we caught the, we kept the ball in front of us. We were able to tackle, and we didn't give up the the home run shots. And and so I think when you look back to whether it was Baylor or Kansas State, what they did a really good job of is limiting those. Uh, deep pass plays and their secondaries both tackled at a high level and so one of the things after you reflect back is we knew we knew we needed to get some veterans so we went out and added Montre Miller uh, from Kent State who started double digit games at corner was an all Mac player we added Anthony Wilson who's started over 30 games was a three-time all Sunbelt player at Georgia Southern we added Beanie Bishop who played at two previous institutions with double-digit starts. And so um, the question you're asking is, do you have to play at a high level in the secondary to win this league? Yes. Do you have to have multiple draft picks? I don't, I'm not sure. That's head coach Neil Brown speaking at Big 12 Media Days in Arlington, Texas. Let's welcome in Golden Blue Nation's Kevin Redfern to get some reaction to what Coach Brown had to say. Kevin's second half of Big 12 Media Days wrapped up Thursday. Coach Brown, one of seven head coaches to speak. I believe his press conference was the shortest of everybody's. Give me your reaction to what we just heard from the head coach. Well, given the situation, it's kind of unsurprising, both Mm -hmm. his attitude and the short length of the press conference. And what I keep asking myself is, how better could he have handled it? Obviously, it's going to be upsetting as a head coach. He was able to relay the fact that the players themselves are upset too, and they've kind of used that for a rallying cry. So they're not going to push this label away, which when it's staring you in the face, owning up to it is probably the best case scenario. And in athletics, I mean, how many times do you hear the story of the underdog who is picked in a position like this in the preseason? So overall, I mean, Neil Brown not happy, but handling it how he should be. West Virginia football and its fans are no stranger to being an underdog, of course. So this is the first time we've had an opportunity to hear from Coach Brown since the preseason media poll and all conference teams were released last week. Uh, (laughs) I did chuckle when I listen to Coach Brown saying how he found out about the preseason poll. And it's a reminder that when you're on vacation, sometimes it's best to tune the work stuff out, right? He said that last week he was sitting on the beach, got a text from West Virginia Sports Information Director Mike Montoro saying, here's the preseason poll and you're probably not going to like it. Something to that effect, right? And he says that when he took a look at his phone, at that point, vacation was over and it was time to get into football mode. And you mentioned his players' reaction. He said the players had a meeting this week before Brown, uh, Director of Athletics, Ren Baker, and a group of five players took a plane to Arlington, Texas for their media day session today. And he said that the players are well aware of the situation and that they're going to, you know, will it be a rallying cry? Maybe not necessarily sure, but of course the players already know uh, what's in front of them this season. Coach Brown thinks he's got a really great group, particularly with a veteran offensive line and a really great group of running backs led, of course, by C.J. Donaldson, a guy who he called a budding superstar had a breakout season last year that was cut short um, by by several injuries, but could really become one of the breakout players in the Big 12 Conference this season, assuming he can have a complete and healthy season. You know, just uh, looking looking at the the full scope of things, though, I think a lot of the questions about West Virginia surround the defense, uh, which is a group that lost a ton, lost a lot of key players, namely Dante Stills up front, uh, and, and then in the defensive secondary, you've got 
a group that is largely untested at the Power Five level. Yeah, there are some starters returning, but that's an area where West Virginia has had to hit the transfer portal to try to replace, among others, Charles Woods, who was a preseason All-Big 12 player last year and announced that he was entering the transfer portal at the very end of the regular season a year ago. So uh, Coach Brown, short at the podium, said a little bit more in breakout sessions later in the day. Uh, And I guess, Kevin... I wanted to get your thoughts on something that he said in the breakout session as well. Uh, so one of the topics, of course, at Big 12 Media Days is name, image, and likeness rules. And Coach Brown sort of expressed uh, that he's in alignment with Brett Yormark. And this isn't something new that Coach Brown has said. He likes NIL and thinks it's good for players, but also wants to see some legislation to try to rein in the wild, wild west that has become the portal and NIL era, right? And it seems like he is in alignment with Brett Yormark that they want federal legislation to sort of oversee things in the NIL space in college athletics. Yeah, I think that's a sentiment that's echoed silently or publicly for the majority of head coaches in college football. It's an interesting thing to look at when you are talking about West Virginia and Neil Brown because you have a state senator, Joe Manchin, spearheading this era or this new era of legislation. And it's Neil Brown says that he he knows that he doesn't know the solution. And I think a lot of people feel that same way. They don't know the specifics. It's uncharted territory. So they're going to leave it up to the legislators. So at that point, I mean, you get this cross between sports, politics. It's a complicated, complicated situation. But I think the majority of people are in agreement that some rules and regulations would be beneficial, if anything, just for clarification. It's funny because Brett Yormark yesterday said that the Big 12 needs to live at the intersection of sports culture and business, right? Well, I don't know too many people who want to live at the intersection of sports and politics or really anything in politics, uh, because that means that maybe something isn't exactly right. And just to be clear about Coach Brown's stance on NIL, again, he thinks it's good for the players because they deserve a piece. Uh, But maybe the way that things are currently unfolding, the way that NIL jumped in to the mainstream at the same time as the transfer portal. You know, essentially, it has created free agency. It's not called that, uh, but but in practice, that's what it is, according to Coach Brown, right? And so um, you mentioned the legislation from Manchin and Senator Tommy Tuberville. Uh, a few points on that. It's a draft that was obtained by Sports Illustrated in June that basically, uh, among other things, says that Student athletes can't, would not, under that legislation, if it were to be passed in its current form, uh, would not be able to accept NIL deals until they completed at least one semester of college. Uh, they would have to sign NCAA standard contracts for those NIL deals, and then they'd have to disclose the details of their contracts, including compensation to their schools. Uh, It would also require collectives like the Country Roads Trust to register with the NCAA and then disclose all NIL deals. So again, that could be where we're heading. It is, it is what it is at this point, I guess. But what, West, what Neil Brown did mention, though, uh, today is that West Virginia has had, he says, much better communication uh, and, and support of the Country Roads Trust as of late, citing Ren Baker as perhaps the new director of athletics as being a mediator or at least helping open channels for those conversations, which has been fruitful for WVU over the last six months or so. 
Yeah, and when it comes to NIL, Neil Brown, he he says that his stance stays the same, like you mentioned, that they should be paid. He thinks that we've kind of missed the boat on potentially getting the athletes involved with these very lucrative TV and media rights deals. And it, it, I agree. I mean, there's a lot of money to be made there, and you'd like to see the players reap the benefits of it. It's just such a foggy subject because how they do this in professional sports is it's part of their collective bargaining agreement. Revenue sharing, right? Yeah, yeah, which is a union issue, which is an employee issue. And college athletes are not employees. Ren Baker even said recently that he would not right. advocate for that. Right. So it's just so gray. Um, like I said earlier, it's it, at this point, it's all about putting trust in the right people to figure out a solution. Okay, so what else struck a chord today during day two of Big 12 football media days? You know, we had... Brent Venables, Oklahoma's head coach, up there answering a question. Hey, what did Mike Gundy say yesterday? What do you think, right? Uh, that conversation continued today about the Bedlam rivalry. Uh, something that stood out to me, though, came from Cincinnati's new head coach, Scott Satterfield. He is the guy charged with ushering the Bearcats into a new era in the Big 12. And, of course, that's the team, to, to me at least, that's most intriguing out of the four. Yeah, you've got Dana Holgerson at Houston. That's certainly intriguing. Yeah, BYU is a, is a national brand. But in terms of locality, Cincinnati is it for West Virginia. Coach Brown has said it multiple times. It's the only really, truly drivable road trip for Mountaineer fans when it comes to Big 12 conference play. And Satterfield, I thought, peeled back the curtain on something that I think is really interesting, right? All of the newcomers in the Big 12 are picked to finish in the bottom half of the league. How long will it be before one of those teams can really take a step forward into the upper echelon of the conference. Could it happen right away? Is one of these teams prepared to do it? Uh, I think the question was posed in such a way that until these schools actually get uh, the revenue from the Big 12, how long will it take for that money to kick in and help them be able to compete? Satterfield said he thinks that it's going to be a couple of years before some of these schools can really get their footing. I don't know. It just seems interesting because there is a lot of hype surrounding these four teams. How well will they really compete in year one. And so, yeah, the, the money question, again, with, just like with NIL, is definitely a part of the equation. But you've heard coaches speak so much about the parity of the league as well. And, and that potentially is the thing that would allow a school like a Cincinnati or Dana Holgerson's Houston to really compete in year one. Just look at what Chris Kleiman said this morning as well, right? Just how how tough the Big 12 was, but how competitive the Big 12 was last year that K-State could win the conference title against TCU, and TCU could still go on to play in the national championship game. Mm -hmm. I think Satterfield himself is in an interesting situation. He's a good one to study because not only, like you said, is he ushering the program into a new conference, but he's also taking the reins of a new program. So he's battling these two battles at one time. So Cincinnati, they're the team that I look at as it being a marathon, not a sprint. Mm. I think that he also hit it on the head, and you did too, when it comes to uh, seeing the full financial benefits of being a Big 12 member. That will really help these teams out. I think that there's this loop that we always come back to with success in college football. On-field product comes from coaching mixed with recruiting, and the way you win in recruiting is with your facilities. And the best way to improve your facilities is a massive revenue boost. These teams are going to get them over the next couple of years. And once you have those foundational pieces set, 
that's when a lot of the times you see consistent success on the field. We have a lot of West Virginia content on our website and app as well. You can watch breakout sessions with Neil Brown and his brief podium remarks at goldenbluenation.com and on the free Golden Blue Nation app, as well as read a recap of all six of the other coaches who gave remarks today on the final day of Big 12 football media days. We're marching closer to the start of a new regular season for West Virginia football, historic opener, and the renewal of the series against Penn State, 51 days away, set for September 2nd in prime time on NBC as the Mountaineers go to Happy Valley to take on the Nittany Lions. If you've enjoyed this edition, of the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. It'll help others find the show and stick close to our feed here because we're going to have so much more football content coming your way as we approach the start of a new regular season. Fall camp set to begin at the beginning of August. It is just around the corner now. And of course, if you haven't downloaded the free Golden Blue Nation app, you can do so on Apple and Android smart devices. One last thing, show some love to Angelica Trinone and Ryan Decker. They're out there slugging away in Arlington, Texas, in the hot, hot Texas sun, covering Big 12 Media Days for you for our television plat- our television affiliates as well as our digital platforms. Give them a follow on Facebook and Twitter to stay close to their reporting as well. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast. He's Kevin Redfern. I'm Nick Farrell. We're brought to you, as always, by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, yourwvlawfirm.com. And we'll talk to you next time on the Golden Blue Nation podcast.